tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to... There we go. Joining me as always, my partner in crime, Xavier Guerrero. How are you, Xavier? Good, good, good. It's a great day today. Great day to be alive. And on the ones and twos, my man, Johnny Wooder. Johnny, local celebrity. How are you? How's it going, man? I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. Johnny, you just bring that heat, man. It's that heat that's making you a podcast. Ah, yeah. Dude, everybody's <laughs> talking about. If you want to hear more from Johnny Nice, check out a podcast that will come out someday eventually called Broken Simulation. Yep. It also has a nice Patreon if you want to go check that out. That's yep. Broken Simulation on Patreon. And then XG has a wonderful podcast where you get to know about the Latino culture and its love of dance. Uh, go check out George Perez Stories. That's more. That's just deep into the Cholo way of life, everybody. It's a lot of fun. Guys, uh, as you know, my show's uh, uh, some of my my uh, tour dates have been canceled. Uh, I though have a couple television appearances that will be coming up. If you want to check them out, uh, September twenty fourth, which is tomorrow. Okay, this comes out today. Yeah, September twenty fourth, Thursday. I will be on a CW. Uh, it's called Refresh Mysteries Decoded. Okay, we go deep into the Montauk project once again to check out uh, what goes on. I did an interview with another employee there. And then we discussed this freakish video we saw in Turkey that's on the CW at 8 p.m. And then I will be part of the Showtime's The Comedy Store docuseries. That starts October 4th. And that's that's there to go. Guys, if you want to support the show, there's a couple of Patreons that are going on. First of all, the Patreon is... Um, the first one is patreon.com slash tinfoil hat. Okay. Uh, that's the daily doses. I do about three episodes on there uh, a week. Uh, so give you your heavy hit it and quit it. Some interesting stuff is coming out in the world of conspiracies. You get your daily dose on that. And then my show with uh, Brian Callen, which is called the Conspiracy uh, Social Club. We argue and Brian takes giant L's. Okay. I am winning all the time. Uh, I have a spiritual podcast. It's called, uh, it's called Zero. Uh, here's conspiracy. Tinfoil Hats, where you come to learn about what's going on in the world. And Zero is where you go to learn how to deal with it. Uh, that's available on Rockfin. That's R-O-K-F-I-N dot com slash Zero. So that's it, dude. Uh, real quick, uh, how are the cups going, XG? Are people enjoying the new coffee mugs you can get? Oh, yeah, they're rocking. We got coffee mugs. We got socks. We got pillows. You can lay down on Sam, right next to Sam. What more do That's you need perfect. in life? So if you want that, go to tinfoilhatswag.com. That's tinfoilhatswag.com. Now, also, if you want to buy a T-shirt support show, I'm wearing one. XG's wearing one. Just go to tinfoilhatt-shirts.com. We got everything you're looking for, all the good stuff, guys. I am also actively looking for a um, – 
a web designer to do an epic all my brands under one website. Uh, each page, uh, each brand has its own page on the website. That's what I'm looking for. And also, you could just put in the website and go to that particular page. Uh, make a pitch. Give me a price. Make a pitch. I would love to do that, guys. So that's that's where we're at, guys. Uh, this has been a gr this episode we just recorded is insane. Get ready for everything you believe in to go out the door. Guys, do you guys think it was a crazy show? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Johnny is just – look how blown away Johnny is. He is so blown away he's quiet. That's how crazy it is. Guys, enjoy a revisit to Tataria. It's nuts. I promise you, you'll be like, what the fuck? Enjoy the show. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, we're very excited. You know, guys, as you guys know, we just did a big uh, Tataria episode. Uh, we learned a lot that mountains are melted buildings. And uh, it, was a, it was a fun episode. I'm excited. And then uh, after the episode dropped, I had some gentlemen hit me up and say that they, uh, they could go even deeper on the subject, which I'm super excited about. So to uh, follow up uh, or revisit to Tataria, please welcome there from the movie, uh, the TV series, uh, the Phantom Age. Please welcome James and Scott, everybody. How are you guys? Hey, Scott. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having us on, man. We're big fans, and we're so happy to be here to talk about Tartaria. Um, so Scott and I are producers here in L.A., and we've been trying for about a year and a half to get a Tartaria-based series on air. And for those who don't know what Tartaria is, it's, it's this giant conspiracy about a big empire that was sort of a big influence in the recent historical events that sort of vanished and sort of written out of history. It's a, it's a huge subject. And we've been going deep on it for a year and a half. And we, uh, we've been pitching it to networks and we've, we've got a lot of interest. Let's say we got the third base with some big networks. But what we think happens is they sort of take it, they do their own research on it, and it's, it's too bonkers for them, man. They, they, they can't handle it. Well, you came to the right place for bonkers because the more bonkers, the better. <laughs> this is the land of the milk and bonkers. This is for sure. And so real quick, so tell us a, real quick, is your project's called The Phantom Age, and basically what you do is a deep dive on Tartaria. Is that what you're telling me? Not only Tartaria, but the, the fact that our whole historical timeline was fabricated to write Tartaria, Tartaria out. So what a lot of uh, how wouldn't anybody take that? Like that's all you need to do to sell me on the show. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, dude, I run BET, and I would love for you to be on BET telling us about how all of history has been rewritten. Re everything before the 1500s has been fabricated and almost pretty much didn't happen. Basically, what we're saying, and this is not this is not our our thing. This is a uh, a total prestigious Russian mathematician who's written textbooks. He's a full member of the Academy uh, of Sciences in Russia. He's a professor at Moscow State University. Uh, his name is Anatoly Fomenko, and he spent his life going through documents. And he proves undeniably that all of our ancient history, whether it's ancient Greece, whether it's the birth of Jesus, whether it's Rome, it's all based on events that happened in the Middle Ages and was artificially extended uh, in the 1500s by Jesuit monks under the Holy Roman Empire. Okay, you got Jesuits. You're hitting all my boxes. He's, he's mentioned Jesus. That's all of it. So, okay, so let's start in this thing. And Listen, I'm all about this action. So you're telling me that anything that happened before the 1500s that we have learned in history is not real. Yeah, so basically <clears throat> there's no original documents that precede 900 A.D., 
So everything from 900 AD and back, there are no actual original manuscripts or documents. Everything we know about ancient Greece, ancient Rome, BC, Egypt is written in the Middle Ages and basically takes events that happened in the Middle Ages and essentially duplicates those events and, pu and pushes them back into time. So you create an 1100 year gap of time and you fill it in with stories from the Middle Ages with different names, different regions, different geography. And you have to remember at the time, the monks and the Jesuit order, they controlled information, man. No one other than the kings, royalty, the priest class, they're the ones who got it. They wrote their own history. The average layman didn't, couldn't even speak, you know, they, 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 it wasn't like there was a newspaper and you could go read the newspaper. All the information you learned about your history was given to you by the church. And so that's where we, started digging into like our, our original history. And we found this guy, Joseph Scaliger, who was a French Jesuit monk who basically in the 1500s <clears throat> created what we know as zero AD, the birth of Christ. And 33, you know, 33 to 36 years later, he's crucified, right? And that sets the timeline that we still to this day follow. So everyone looks at zero and then goes back. But in reality, this Fomenko, this, this scientist that we've been, who's written five, seven volumes of this, and he spent 20 years of his life, he basically proved through the use of astronomy and astronomical forensics that Jesus, for example, was born in 1152 AD, according to the star Bethlehem, where it was in the sky at the time. He could reverse engineer now with an algorithm and with you know, software that he developed to actually look at the lunar eclipses, the solar eclipses, all the things that were recorded in ancient books, he could cross-reference with an actual, we know where the moon is gonna be, exactly. We, today, we, we know when a lunar event's gonna happen down to the second. And he used that same knowledge today to actually backdate and go back and say, wait a minute, Jesus, is there, there's no zero AD. It's 1152 is when the star of Bethlehem was in the sky in this location indicating the birth of Jesus. It was the Crab Nebula going supernova, followed by 33 years later by a full eclipse, which uh, the crucifixion, crucifixion was often accompanied by an eclipse in, in the Gospels. So that, that 33 years separates happened, happened only at 1152 through 1185. Yeah. So, so how do you interact with human beings, like knowing this kind of knowledge? It's because tough. I know little things and it's hard for me to function in society. But when you're saying that there's no history. I tell them somebody the Roman Empire never happened and see how they take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, I'm in on this. So, so, do you th do you, so are you trying to say that, that you believe everything started at this time or the history no, that no, we know the history, was the written record that we have to, to go off of is only a thousand years old okay but before that a whole bunch of stuff happened there and we've been, been a, lied to about what happened yeah you know you know graham hancock and stuff yeah and his little okay. theory about the the cycles of civilization that yeah we're totally into that and we think tartaria got its origins from a previous cycle of civilization so we're just talking about this cycle of civilization coming rising from the uh the cataclysm that would ever knock the last civilization down. So no, no historical event happened more than a thousand years ago that is on record. That's on record. what you're saying. As far as the buildings, the construction, it's a whole, it's a whole different story. There's lots of weird stuff out there that's probably way older. How about oh. the burning? How about the burning of the Library of Alexandria? 
Because the Romans burned that. Was that? Do you think that <laughs> there was some? It's a fake story. It's, it's probably based off uh, several things in Eastern Europe. Like a lot of a lot of stuff was taken uh, from the schism of Tartaria and sort of the Holy Roman Empire, and uh, was moved all over the world later. So uh, probably there probably wasn't a library in uh, in Alexandria. And, okay, so and you I'm not against what you guys are saying. I'm yeah. totally down with it. Like I said, when I said go weird, you guys definitely hit it out of the park on that. <laughs> but here's my whole thing is like, how, cause you know, every, like say Buddhism, right. And stuff like that. They, they supposedly have this long history. You're saying none of that's real as well. Jesuits, man. The Jesuits, they were in China. They were in India. They totally fucked the history. The Great Wall of China is not 2000 years old. It was built in the 1500s and it was built by the, the Tartars as a border between what was then China and Tartaria. It was not, it's not that old. Yeah. And Dude, uh, everything we know about awesome. ancient China, Marco Polo did not go to China. Uh, that's, that's, that story is all bullshit. He went to sort of, <laughs> he was in this Tartarian region of Northern Russia. Okay. So, so let's get into this. Uh, Pompeii was buried by Mount Vesuvius in the 1600s. Yeah. yeah during, uh, okay. So you say there's no Roman empire and I'm loving this. Pompeii is what? the best example of Roman empire, isn't it? Is it not? It's the best, most, a lot of it was lost in the dark ages, according to official history. And Pompeii, the best preserved Roman city in the world, right? Yeah. You got the Roman frescoes, you got the Roman architecture. How can that not be from the Roman Empire, right? So we'll sit here and we'll prove to you right now that uh, Pompeii buried Mount, Mount Vesuvius in 1631, not 79 AD, and it was a medieval Christian city that got buried in there. And, you know, we got some visuals here, you know, in the Matrix, Morpheus says you can't be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. So we, we got some uh, images here. that we Real quick, before, before we get in that, because mm -hmm. I want to see this. Uh, I, I want to see this. How did you two come together to discuss this? Was, do you guys work on other projects? You're like, you know, we produced the puppy bowl during the Super Bowl, and then somehow <laughs> a friend pretty, of ours. Pretty much, yeah, talking by the water cooler and stuff. Was yeah. just like, hey, hey, dude, great puppy bowl today. I, ho I hope the spot ones. Anyways, you know, history's fake. Anyways, I'll see you guys back on the field. Is that kind of how that went? <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, James and I have been working editors and producers on various shows history channel stuff um for example i worked on ufo hunters for history channel so i was exposed quite a while ago to just alternate theories the whole like idea of prometheus and ancient aliens and all that stuff and it was fascinating to me but when james came to me and said hey have you heard of this guy fomenko this russian mathematician who's a legit dude a published guy i mean a really respected scientist and he's published this seven volume series of books that basically debunks our entire history and our narrative. And I'm like, no. And then I started getting into it and I realized like, holy shit, like this is, this is something that makes ancient aliens. I, it's crazier than ancient aliens. Yeah, it's way crazier because ancient, the, the ancient aliens premise is very lighthearted and it's kind of fun and people can kind of make light of it. And it's not that serious and it doesn't have, you know, but when we start talking about an actual orchestrated hoax of the of the most epic level part taken by the the holy roman church uh and you start looking at the documents and you start looking at all the astronomical data and you go wait a minute like this is this is crazy like we've been mem this entire empire that was worldwide has been completely memory hold from from 
our current day knowledge, you know? So it start, you start questioning everything you know about history. Yes, yeah, and there was a certain point where I was just trying to debunk this. It was too crazy. And I was, I was going through to see how it cannot be true. And I have not, I've not reached that point yet. It just becomes more true, the deeper and deeper you dig into it. That is unbelievable. Johnny, you're very quiet. You've always been a big Roman Empire guy. Is this shatter your world? I, your I'm just waiting. League? I'm just waiting for the photos of uh, okay. of giant organs in churches. So let, let's get to that part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't forget that part. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get, uh, I, dude, this is kind of crazy because it changes just everything. Changes everything. It, it changes you everything. You got a grasp on the Roman Empire, but, but no, you don't. So, so the uh, Roman Empire, the Greece, Egyptians, Egyptians. Uh, Babylon, uh, 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 Atlantis, all that stuff, none of it's real? Does it, uh, does it include dinosaurs? Does, that, does, does it include, include dinosaurs? dinosaurs? <laughs> were, are di were dinosaurs real? Or is that straight are dinosaurs are real? All right, uh, are we in screen share? Johnny, no. are they in screen no, share? No. It is, it is uh, enabled, though. We have enabled a uh, here. We right, go. How about yeah. now? See what we're saying? Yep. All right. So All good. Pompeii, right? This is the story of Pompeii. Was it 17? Was it 79 AD or was it 1631? So, so everybody knows the story, right? It was buried during the Roman Empire and it was lost during the Dark Ages. Nobody even knew about it during the Dark Ages. Then it was discovered in 1748 by uh, Spanish military engineers. And it was like a couple decades later that nobody even knew that it was Pompeii. They actually had to find a uh, plaque in the, in the rubble saying this was Pompeii. And they're like, oh, okay, this place was Pompeii. So that's the official story. And we're gonna, we're gonna rip that to shreds, right? So if Pompeii was lost in the dark ages and uh, wasn't discovered until the mid 1700s, then it shouldn't show up anywhere in the, in the record between that time, between the dark ages and when it was discovered, right? But that's not what we see, man. We have all these maps of Italy from the 15 and 1600s, when Pompeii should have been buried, forgotten. And there you see, you see Pompeii with arrows pointing, right where, right where they said, and this is the Rotilius map of 1750? Or 1570. 1570, sorry. The other one uh, from 1575, Pompeii. It's a little tiny city there. So you're saying at this point, nobody knew Pompeii existed knew because Pompeii. it had been buried. Buried and, buried and forgotten. Well, according to like our current chronology according to what we've been taught in our history books yes okay so you're saying that these maps came out when this thing was supposed to be gone so people wouldn't know of this yes how, how did they know about this in the 1500s if it wasn't discovered until the 1700s ah now i get what you're saying okay right like okay they, they didn't even know it was pompeii until they found a plaque so, so nobody in hi record history, according to the timeline that we all have bought into, knew about Pompeii to the 1700s. But you're saying, well, we have maps from the 1500s that say that Pompeii was here. Showing it's a city. Yep. Little buildings there. Yeah. And Her Herculaneum, too, which was another city. Uh, you can probably see it on the map below where it says Vesuvius, but Herculaneum was also buried and forgotten as well. And that shows up on the maps. But, you know, that's not, that's not all we got, Sam. Uh, so you see this fresco right here? Yeah. Uh, so, so Pompeii is sort of heralded as having the best examples of uh, Roman art that are preserved because you know, a lot of it was lost in the dark ages, uh, lost to weathering, lost to uh, looting and wars and stuff. So when they unearthed Pompeii, they found the most pristine examples of, um, of Roman artwork, right? And right. so you, do you see the top of the screen? It's sort of like a uh, basket of fruit. Yeah. What, what, is that, what is that fruit that's all the way on, on the right side that's just sitting there? 
Pineapple. Uh, a pineapple. Pineapple, right? right? So that, that looks like a pineapple, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know the story of the pineapple guys? Like, do you know how the pineapple got to, got to Europe? No, how did it get to Europe? It was given to Columbus in, in the 1490s. The pineapple was not in Europe at all, according to their official story in the, uh, in the Roman Empire time. So how did the pineapple wind up on a Roman Empire platter? I get what you're still, saying there. Right? But also this, man. All right, so on the left is a uh, artwork that was unearthed, discovered in Pompeii. It's very specific. Um, and on the right is a uh, Raphael painting from 1505. It's pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, how, is, how would a, something that was buried in Pompeii show up in Raphael's artwork? In, in the 1500s. Yeah, unless Raphael, unless somebody who painted this saw this in Italy in the 1500s and painted it. Yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying there for right. sure, dude. So it's very similar and it tracks. It tracks, right? But also you have this, which I feel is kind of damning. This is a, uh, a book by a guy named Johannes Baptiste, and it is about the 1631 eruption of Pompeii with surviving accounts dated 1631. And oh, so people who survived Pompeii gave uh, an example, yeah, like told what it was about? Yeah. Holy shit, how come I've never heard of this? It's a good question. <laughs> and who's that little dude up there at the top in the, in the middle of the screen, like sitting there with like, uh, it looks like a Pope's hat on. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the Pope. <laughs> right? It looks like the Pope's hat. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's a that's a re reference back to uh, some kind of fish god of some pagan um, religions that, of course, the Roman Catholic Church um, that they basically include uh, basically brought into their religion yeah. to bring pagans in. Very yeah. interesting. And as you can see, if you look at the buildings, you know these aren't Roman era buildings. These look more more something of the Middle Ages. Um, also, we don't have any photos of it, but there's also a uh, canal, a special canal, and um, it's called the Conte Sorno Canal that was commissioned by the Pope. And it, it connects directly to Pompeii, runs right under Pompeii, and there's stairs connecting Pompeii, the, the Roman city, to this medieval canal that, was, that runs underneath the city. And how, how does that happen? So you're, okay, say that again. So there is a canal in there's Pompeii. Canal. There's, there's documentation that the Pope commissioned this canal in the 1500s, right? To the right. Ponte Sorno Canal, right? And it connects several cities in the region and directly runs right under Pompeii. And there's stairs that you could walk from the ancient top city of Pompeii down to the canal and get your water. And how and you're saying that shouldn't be possible if it wasn't how, discovered till the 1700s. And how was also buried in the rubble. Okay, real quick, guys, I want to tell you about our good friends at Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, guys. Like, whiskey wasn't good enough. Now they've added peanut butter to it to go next level. It is the perfect drink for your virtual happy hour. Go hard in the paint with our good friends at Screwball, okay? You're a black sheep, you're a misfit, you're a screwball, come Get weird. Get yourself a little screwball peanut butter whiskey, everybody. You know, here's the thing about screwball peanut butter whiskey. It's good by itself as a shot neat uh, on the rocks. But you know what? It takes any drink you like and boom, takes it to the next level. Any kind of drink you do, peanut butter screwball whiskey makes it better, okay? it's Listen, this is an American success for you. This guy who made 
screwball peanut butter whiskey. He came from a third world country with nothing but jean shorts on. And he fought and he never stopped. And he met some nice lady and they started a nice business. And next thing you know, boom, America, we got screwball peanut butter whiskey. And that's right, dude. It's best. So here's what uh, screwball peanut butter whiskey. It re, it, it, it's good for young. It's good for old. It's good for uh, Johnny. It's good for XG. I mean, everybody loves it, guys. It's that good. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. I love whiskey. You love whiskey. If you want to take it next level, you, next level, you go peanut butter screwball whiskey. So here's what's going to happen. Screwball whiskey, the original most awarded peanut butter whiskey is now available near you at 70 proof. Enjoy neat on the rocks. You name it. It's your favorite, add it to your favorite cocktail. Pick up Screwball at your local store or get it delivered today. Ready to get screwed? Okay, go to screwballwhiskey.com for more information and click and buy now. Please drink responsibly. Advertised by Screwball Spirits, LLC, San Diego, CA. Whiskey with natural flavor, 35% alcohol. Guys, let's get back to the show. Okay, so, so. So the, if, if the Roman church, because this throws off all my timelines in my head, um, mm-hmm. everything I've discovered, if the, Rome, if, if, the Ro, if the Roman Empire never existed, where does the Roman Catholic Church come from? Okay, so this, this place, this empire called Tartaria, basically consisted of regions think of it like a federation so think of it like star wars you know there's a federation of of states that are all part of this one empire called tartaria and all the religions islam christianity um orthodox christianity um even buddhism all exist in one unit at one point in our history in this tartarian history everyone all religions were coexisting peacefully and we have actual archaeological or, or architectural evidence where you see a cross with a sickle underneath and a star on it. You see, so it shows that there, there was a unified. Like now that's just a bumper sticker that says coexist. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. No, yeah, exactly. So there was a split in the church when Christ, who, according to Fomenko, Christ was a guy named um, Adronicus. He was a king, King Adronicus. And Christ was Adronicus? That's his yeah. name? Adronicus. I like that name a lot more. Anybody else? Like awesome. Adronicus sounds like the baddest <laughs> DJ ever in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, and he 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 was essentially ruling in an area that would be close to like Istanbul in that region by the Bosphorus. Okay, he was murdered because he was a reformer. He he did, he made a lot of reforms in terms of um, just the people loved him. He was very you know a lot of the stories of Jesus Christ are actually reflections of this king who was like a benevolent king. And everyone loved him, except for in Christianity, you have the royal Christians, which are the pagan people that ended up forming the Catholic Church, right? Interesting. So pagan were, Christians. Pagan Christians were actual blood relatives of this king. They were, they were related to him by blood. And when he was murdered, because he was making a lot of reforms and going against kind of the old guard of royal Christians— a new group of Christians arose, which are called the apostolics and they worship. They're like the followers. They're not, they're not blood related. They follow the gospels of Peter, Paul, and they look at Jesus as being the one God. Whereas the Royal Christians, they created all this mythology, like the Greek myths, the Roman gods, 
they worship the gods and the gods give the emperors power to be emperor gods, man gods on earth, right? right? <clears throat> so when the, this, like the Pope right now, the Pope tells everybody he is the right. uh, voice of God and he talks to God, God exactly. he represents God. So everyone gives him his power. So the Royal, when this rift happened, when the religion split, it split all the religions, all the religions broke away at that point. And it created this giant war that lasted for a period of, uh, I believe it was, what was it? 400? No, I mean, uh, I don't know how long the war was. It was several wars. It was, it was centuries of wars. That's centuries sort of, of wars, yeah. Um, and essentially what happened is this was the kind of the beginning of the end of Tartaria and the empire. And it all started to fracture, okay? And you, on one side, you had the Romanovs and the Catholic Church, which represented the West. And on the other side, you had the Mongols, which the Mongols were, you know, really... We think of them as like big rotund Asian men, you know, with the whole Genghis Khan thing. No, they were like, they looked like they were from uh, the Ural Mountains. They had red hair, they were fair skinned, and they were part of a, they were part of different hordes. Like you hear of the horde. Well, the, the Tartarian Empire split into different hordes, the Golden Horde, the Blue Horde, the White Horde. And in our history books, we're told that, you know, the Mongols, the barbarians came and they were attacking the West. And, and, and this was during the period of the Crusades and this whole thing, right? But in reality, what it was, it was the first world war between the, the, the royal Christians on one side and the apostolic Christians on the others. And they were split geographically uh, in this region of Tartaria. So that's kind of, you know, when you think of the Crusades, you think of, you're, you're told that the Crusades were about avenging the death of Jesus, but like his ancestors. So it was like Jesus's ancestors were avenging his death, you know, a uh, hundred years later, when in reality they were going out, they were avenging his death of the actual people that killed Jesus. You mean a thousand years later? A thousand years yeah. later, sorry. So the Crusade and also the Trojan War is the reflection of the same war. So the Trojan War, in Greece, never happened. I just took, okay, so there's a lot to digest there's lot. here. There's a lot to digest, man. This is some heavy <laughs> shit. So, so it is of your belief and your research that this Russian scientist did his, did all, crunched all these numbers. And he, oh, yeah, we could, we could show you some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm down with all the visuals. So, here's my whole thing you're saying Jesus lived 900 years ago. Exactly. Tatario was 900 years ago. Tartaria was 200 years ago, but it, it fractured, big fracture happened. Uh, Hold on. Tartaria happened in the 1800s? Uh, that's, when it, that's when it got crushed. That's the final blow. The final blow. It was a long, prolonged death of Tartaria. And were the Tartarians giants? There, there's a giant element of this. You know, Sam, the giants are a whole other uh, episode, and we're, we're deep into the giants. We believe that uh, there was a giant faction and it's there it's, was a clan of giants in tataria and they were just tatarians were like different kind of like different kinds of groups they were like the giant tatarians there were the exactly the, the, the skull the long-headed skull people that you find in Korea. oh so the elongated skull people were tatarians too so there all, were different tatarians so many of those skulls throughout uh, throughout crimea and the tartar it's what we call the tartar central right there it's sort of western russia eastern europe they, they, They've dug so many of those big skulls do, up. Do they look anything like the Olmec heads and the Aztecs? You know, the Olmecs are kind of a thing on their own. I, I, I have no idea what the Olmecs are. Uh, no, they, they, we're talking about sort of the, um, 
the, the Paracas skulls, if you want to look it up, they found a bunch of them in Peru, the giant cone-headed thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are Tatarians? Well, those, those they actually DNA tested the ones in Peru, and they found they came from right from Crimea. They have no genetic relation to the, to the people in, in South America. So those, those guys so came from here. We've been, we, uh, we, we, have a, we have a couple maps where you can see the actual scope of the empire. So you can see how much actual territory they had uh, inhabited. Johnny? Oh, we can do it. You wanna oh yeah, well, um, we, we were told uh, uh, from the last presenters um, that Tartaria possess some some now lost technologies that were would be considered advanced is that is that something you found we, we would agree with that to an extent um we do think they have um well, low, let me load this up yeah so we do have some uh we we do think the tar tartars were very uh skilled in collecting atmospheric electricity they, were they putting space in a jar no <laughs> an inside <laughs> So you gotta understand, Tartaria was all over the world, right? So this is Burma. This is like um, Burma. You, you see um, these, these sort of towers everywhere. Yeah. And you see the same thing in Europe, right? This is the uh, Milan Cathedral. And you pretty much see these kind of towers all so, over the So that, does that suggest a centralized culture or a, te a technology? Are centralized, you that... well, sort of both. You know, each, each area in Tartaria was kind of their own culture. There was a Tartaria core in Russia, but it, this went all over the world and they sort of combined the different cultures. So you see similarities in all these different cultures. But we, wow. do, think, um, we do think like these were not just ornament, ornamentation, that they actually collected elect um, uh, electric, uh, uh, sorry, electric atmosphere. They, they collected electricity from the atmosphere yeah. and they use it. And this is a weird, this is a, uh, they call this a fireworks display in Hamburg, Germany. Right from the, I think it's from the 1600s. And if you look, I mean, these oh, things wow. look like fireworks, but, but zoom in here, man. That doesn't look like fireworks, right? No, not at all. Buildings, right? And if what you do you think here, they're doing? Shooting off like Tesla coils? And yeah, stuff? that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. look look at these swords. These guys fighting with swords. What is that? That lightning coming out of their <laughs> swords in the, in the 1600s? Yeah, some kind of like an electrif electrified field, right? That they're kind of interacting with. Yeah, and it's just, it's just kind of round. Like thing. lightsabers and shit. Yeah, uh, I think there's something called fire swords, where you're like uh, there's a hobbyist that kind of do medieval fighting with, uh, with sort of electrified swords where lightning comes out of it. So we think maybe it's something. I mean, this was the best. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> and this was Paris in the uh, 1700s, another fireworks festival there. Um, <laughs> that's the dude oh, if wow. i was at that fireworks show i'd be freaking out i'm like <laughs> that does not look like fireworks that yeah. looks like armageddon well, you know on a side note i mean re related to this is tesla there's word that tesla grew up on the border of tartaria and western europe and he had access to some some ancient textbooks tartarian textbooks that were later destroyed by the church right or buried under the vatican possibly in the in the in the uh <clears throat> catacombs but that this is where tesla got his inspiration from this pre-existing technology that where you could take atmospheric energy power free power free and, electricity. and this isn't bullshit man this is uh, richard Feynman, who was a nobel prize winning physicist wrote about in his textbook how this is possible and you could go to youtube and you, there's a bunch of dudes teenagers in russia hooking wires up to drones and flying them up in the sky and lighting lighting their house with it uh so okay very, so Man, 
you guys have some very interesting thoughts, dude. I think it's kind of crazy. <laughs> so they so they murder uh, the Tartarian king, and this kicks off a civil war between the royal Christians and what was the other group of Christians? They're called the Apostolics. The Apostolics. The Apostolics. Who basically worship like the, the gospels of Peter, Paul, John, you know. And where was Judaism and Hinduism? And I, I know Islam doesn't come till a little later, but what it, where where is uh, uh where are those religions in these moments? So the kingdoms of Judea and Israel in the Bible, uh, they're essentially the same story that is repeated over and over. Um, like so, Fomenko, our Russian dude, uh, um, basically he came up with this theory called dynastic parallelism. And he spent his, his life work going through all the historical texts he could find and find sort of sort of a mathematical parallels to, um, to what he's doing. And he came out with this map, right? And this is the, what is it, the chronological map or something that he calls? Mm -hmm. This thing's like, like uh, this thing's like 50 feet long and it wraps around the room. And uh, he broke old. down what he thinks happened through he, history, like in these maps? He, he compares like every dynasty throughout history and finds its original duplicate. And if you look through these, these individual histories, they're the same goddamn history. The, uh, the Roman Empire was repeated three times, like uh, from, from the time it was a republic to when it became an empire, from the time it was an empire to when it fell, then the Eastern Empire in Constantinople. It's the same story with the same figures given different names. And, you know, this is graph, graphs, nobody likes looking at graphs, but, but if you look, these, uh, these graphs represent two different historical dynasties that have nothing to do with each other, right? So let's look at the one in red, right? It says the Holy Roman Empire from the 10th to 13th century. Then it's the kingdom of Judah in, in the Bible, right? And these are the, the rulers, the kings of these, of these two unrelated uh, dynasties, right? And you can see he, uh, Fomenko mapped out the years that uh, each king ruled, right? So this is the order that they ruled. So you had a, so in the Holy Roman Empire, you had Henry the Fowler that ruled for 17 years. You had Lothar that ruled for three, Otto the Great for 37 years. Then you go to the kingdom of Judea and the Bible. Then you, you have the ruler that ruled for 17 years and you had one that ruled for three, then you had another guy. The years are slightly off, but if you look at the graphs of how, how long each ruler uh, ruled the kingdom, the, the, the odds of these matching are almost impossible. And this is open source information. Anybody could dig through history and confirm this, but he didn't just do this for this. He did this for all of history. You could compare, he's got hundreds of these graphs comparing different eras of uh, different royal dynasties throughout all of history. And they all share these same sort of um, values. And if you dig in further, and if you look at the individual stories of these, uh, of these dynasties, you talk about the, the wars kick off during the same times, the, uh, the Palestine Treaty is very similar. The stories are so similar once you dig into it, and it goes all throughout history. Damn, dude, damn, damn, damn. That is now, some this, this is how he could show that these are duplicates. It's like, you know, the only way you know two keys are the same is by putting the teeth up against each other, and you can say, oh, this is a duplicate. You can see the ridges. And so, it's so basically what he says is like the stories of each of these uh, important events in each of these, uh, these quote unquote empires coordinate timeline. Meaning that like if by year 14, a second king comes by year 20, by the 27th year, a queen suddenly arises yes. out of nowhere. And, yes. and 
Exactly. Wow. And you go into details of each. And, wow, and, dude. And this, wow. This Russian guy was crucified. You know, people oh, yeah. said he was he was nuts when he came out with all this. But this is open source information that anybody could sort of dig into. And you know, with. he did he. So he used a computer for this, or did this dude just sit at home, just like I got nothing else to do? Oh, you you saw you saw that one that that that, that handwritten one that was like fifty feet long. <laughs> I guarantee you, this guy did not have a girlfriend because there's no <laughs> way a chick would allow you to do all this and not like. When are we gonna hang out? I don't care. I hate Tataria. I can't believe I let you let her name our cat that. Now I got to hear about this all the fucking time. You know, I just like, he just wants a big going to work. Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. I love this stuff. Yeah, is okay. Nick Danatoli Flamenco? Anybody can look at most of his stuff's available online. Uh, it's, it's right there for the take it, man. And we're just, we're just scratching the surface, Sam. This is, this goes so, so deep and so far that there's no bottom to this. Okay, I, we're going to get through your, all your stuff because I want to get into what, what, what this represents um, in terms of a lot of stuff that, you know, I've come to learn to love uh, that I've learned on this show. So what you, what you believe that means. Mm -hmm. Okay, so next we get into something that is, okay, so, so far you said Jesus was 900 years ago which is interesting. Yeah, when was the first Bible? I mean, the Bible supposedly was written 400 years after. You're saying that's not true at all. No. And the, the Old Testament took place after the New Testament. So you're saying the Old Testament is actually the New Testament. Well, it had, the, the events happened after, after Jesus. <laughs> the now remember, chat, remember the old the comment section is going to be fire on this episode. <laughs> the, 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 the original fire. Yeah, the Old Testament was the original Old Testament is written in consonants, no vowels, which is a, a mind, you know. Okay, kind of. A okay, mind. I'm in, dude. That work. yes, why not? But At they were, this they were, point, they were, they were considered vowels. separate books up until the 1500s. They weren't even the same thing until the 1500s. What was it? The, the the Old Testament, the New Testament. They weren't even in the same same canon together until the church made itself. I think it was the it was the Council of Trent. If I'm not mistaken, I, for, mm -hmm. I forget. There was a there was a meeting among the church and they, they merged. So them. the Royals took out the apocalyptics. Did that what happened that they took them out? And then they're over, like, over, hey. over the course of decades, it was, it was a lot of civil war. There was a, the whole thing of the reformation. It wasn't just about Martin Luther putting his demands on the thing. It was, it was this civil war between the Protestants and the, the Eastern Orthodox and the Royal, the Holy Roman empire that they were trying to establish they're, they're, they're a separate empire, separate from the Eastern, the great Eastern Tartaria. Okay, now we're getting into some stuff. You say ancient Egyptians weren't, were around up to like the 1700s? Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at, okay, so when they say, oh, the pyramids, they're even older than we even think, what's your thoughts on that? Well, personally, I believe in, in they were made with concrete in the 14th century with geopolymer concrete. They were poured in place where you take limestone, you grind it up, you throw in some rocks, you pour the forms. And we have some pictures that, and evidence of that. And the, the Egyptologists will never let you actually test any of this stuff. It's very close. It's closely controlled because think about it. That's their whole tourism industry is based on, you know, this 3,500 year massive, you know, dynastic rule. And even to this day, people are arguing about how did they move these hundred 
you know, hundred ton blocks yeah. across the desert. And it's like, well, what if they just poured them in place? Like you would pour concrete and, the, and they, you know, the Egyptologists go, no way that couldn't happen, but they won't let you test the actual composition of the rock, which would prove that you could easily tell it was, you know, a, an actual cement. Um, but the Egyptians really were the, was the Egypt was like the burial ground of the Tartarian Kings. It was like, when you hear about crossing the river Styx, According to Fomenko, you would cross the river Styx, which would be the Mediterranean, and you would have these sarcophagi where it would be the mummies inside of a box, inside of a box, inside of a box. And they would, the Egypt was really a great place to bury people because it's dry. It's kind of like in the middle of nowhere and it can be guarded and, you know, and um, so, yeah, we, we, we think, you know, based on our research of Fomenko and not just Fomenko, but other stuff that it looks like Egypt really didn't get its start until about 14 in the 1400s. Uh, well, I'll say this about Egypt. It, it, well, Scott's right. I think there's an element of Egypt that is older than shit. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Schock. Uh, he's a sort of geologist from uh, Boston University. He uh, tested, he, he was brought to Egypt to sort of test yeah, the, the, the Sphinx. Because there's a big theory about the water erosion on the Sphinx. Mm -hmm. And his conclusion, this, this Harvard trained or he's a Yale trained geologist at, at Boston College, I think. And um, he says the Sphinx has thousands of years of rain and water erosion on it, on the enclosure and on the back of the Sphinx. And that only happened at the end of the last ice age when there was enough water to cause that sort of erosion on there. Mm -hmm. And the, the head of the Sphinx is, a, if you look at the Sphinx, it's way smaller than the rest of the body. So the head was probably put there after the fact and there was something there before. Uh, so ancient Egypt might so be you're there. saying the head of the Sphinx isn't part of the original thing and that's it's I don't I don't think it is and if you look at any picture of the Sphinx you can see that head is tiny compared to the rest of the body I think it was personally carved down or or it was a separate piece of stone altogether the dog in the background's over it he's like I'm here I've heard about Tataria <laughs> a thousand times um so so but you're th so what, what you would what that means is like there was there was something here yeah. It's just the history the of the story of the pharaohs, the pharaohs, the hieroglyphs, the uh, all the images that you see, uh, the the coffins, the sarcophagi. That's all Middle Ages, Middle Age stuff. Yeah, there there was definitely something a proto civilization there before that probably the Egyptians inherited this they, these megaliths and some of the things other than the pyramids which we believe they built in the 1400s using concrete. Does that include the Aztec pyramids as well? All pyramids. Well, this, 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 there's pyramids all over Russia, all over where we're saying Tartaria is, and we're saying that Tartaria was all over Central, North, and South America. Uh, there's pyramids all over the world. There's pyramids in China. There's pyramids in Cambodia. There's even pyramids in France. Um, so, so, uh, so I'm trying to get, grasp what I think Tartaria was. It's just, is it just a, another civilization? It was the civilization, Sam. It was it ruled the world up until this fracturing in the eleven hundreds. It was everything, and it was it was it was the Mongol invasions. When we talk about this horde of Mongols, that was them trying to reclaim their empire, and they conquered way more than what the history says they were. And we we have pictures of everything where Genghis Khan is this uh, European royal, and um, also the, the depictions that are associated with Marco Polo of going to China. It's 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 northern russia for sure so they weren't the mongols all as described uh you know as sort of nomadic like horse people they weren't even 
they weren't horse people at all is what you're saying right well they, they, it was a cavalry yeah basically so so it was still okay it was similar in the way so let me give you sort of a gross simplification of this during this civil war that sort of that kicked off with the uh the death of jesus and stuff um you had this royal faction sort of declare independence from the rest of the empire and sort of take the lands in italy and in france for themselves and what uh, happened in tartaria is it reformed itself into a military order where they uh conscripted one-tenth of the wealth and one-tenth of the population and they created these different hordes, these, these professional armies that were just huge. They rode horses, they shot arrows, they lived in tents, and they conquered uh, pretty much the whole known world. They went up to England, they were all through Africa. It's, it's way more than what history says the Mongols conquered. And so they, they held that area from about 1200 to about 1400. At, then they were sort of pushed back by the royal forces. And they sort of, they, they sort of reclaimed back Europe and the rest of the world over time. And eventually we got we're at where we are today. Do you have a sense for what that sort of that interstitial period was where they ruled uh, Europe? Was it? I mean, was that kind of a, a military reign? Was it martial? It's mil- martial but it's a royal reign. Yeah, like all the got the, the cathedrals, the, the buildings, all these all these uh, grand structures in, that we think of in medieval Europe and Renaissance Europe was from this this quote Mongol conquest all the way to England. Wow. Okay. And uh, so interesting, dude. So interesting man yeah sam the mongol does not even refer didn't even refer refer to the people living in modern day uh mongolia mongol is just sort of a word for mogul like great person mongol just simply means great and there's tons of different variations and there's other places around the world that refer to as mogul or mongol or some kind of variant of mongol around the world and mongolia did not get that designation as mongolia until the 1700s they have no uh, they had no history of uh, Genghis Khan until it was brought to them by the Europeans. There's no Mongol capital city. Um, and now, there's, so you would call that a reconquest. Is that kind of what you're... A reconquest, exactly, yeah. What, now, do, do you get the sense that it was, they were in some corners maybe greeted as liberators? I mean, what what was, were there people welcoming? Yeah, and who were they conquering? If Tataria was ruling, who well, were they conquering? It was... We say they're the only empire because there was no competitors, but they weren't everywhere, everywhere. So they they, they kind of just expanded. It was a huge expansion for the empire during this period of the the, the 12, 1300s up until the 1500s, when it's sort of the way, it's kind of a wave and the wave breaks and recedes kind of. Now, did I, I maybe I've already, but Judaism existed? It didn't exist or... I mean, this is not anti semitic This is just a discussion was... Judaism, Hinduism, does any of that exist? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were under they were different from Tartaria or No, it's, Tartaria was multi-religious. Oh, okay, 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 okay. This is so multiracial, multi-religious. It had a core, a royal core of these sort of like Russian uh, Christians, but it, it was all over the world and they were very open to religious freedom. And a lot of stuff comes, they were the original Vedas. Uh, if you look in Hindu mythology, the Vedas came uh, from like light-skinned people from the north, and even there's a huge Slavic mythology that they were the the originators of the Vedas. And this sort of area where we're talking about, and sort of West Russia was the Asgard of Odin, it, and then that sort of German folklore. Yeah, like, so Zoroastrian, like like the oldest religion is right Zoroastrianism, and it, you can trace that back to uh, basically in like central Siberia. There's some archaeological sites that point to a Zoroastrian, early proto-Vedic 
society that migrated down into what we know as Iran and Persia, you know, at the time. So Wait, you, you, you two have, have, you know, found this as, uh, as sort of a side project. So that would suggest to me that his modern historians are somehow complicit in, in covering this up, right? I mean, would you say there's like a sort of a, a yeah, and the, yes conspiracy and no, to, to keep well, this nobody's gonna go. Nobody's going to put their tenure and their career to go against the grain and stuff is and they had they had from the uh, from the 1600s they had this what we call scalagerian chronology the sort of timeline that we all sort of accept now and everything that's been done has just been automatically to fit this erroneous timeline so there is definite um conspiratorial and hiding of it but a lot of it is just um just sort like of, like the average historian uh would you say they, kn they would know about this as a sort of I an would, alternative I would say no. No. So interesting. And then, you know, because I do a show with a friend of mine who doesn't believe in conspiracies and we just debate this. He's like, so everybody's in on it. Is that what you're saying? Like they were able to keep the secret forever. And everybody is like, you, you have a talking point. You're like, Egyptians were Christians. I mean, that to everybody would blow their skull. They're like, How, well, what do you mean? Is, they were I think there is, uh, with Egyptology, I think they're kind of complicit because there's tons of Christian iconography among Egypt. And the whole thing with the hieroglyphs, the, the hieroglyphs are not what the Egyptologists say they are. They are a pictorial version of the Coptic Christian language. And before a Champollion came out with his uh, official translations of the uh, hieroglyphs that they still get used today, uh, if you knew the Coptic Christian language, you could read the hieroglyphs and they would, they would quote the Bible. They would make sense if you read them yeah. as Coptic Christian. Wow. What, what kind of cryptic language? Cop Christian Coptic. language? Cop Coptic. Okay, send me that in an email. Okay. What, what that, how to spell that. That's so interesting, dude. It's so interesting. P-O-P-E-T-I-S-E. -E. I am illiterate. Um. <laughs> so when Johnny brought it up earlier, our last researchers that came on, they were talking about the organs, the musical organs. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll show you something. Um, so I don't know exactly when the, the organs are very impressive and they're beautiful. Um, we think that the uh, Tartarians sort of had an advanced analog te technology where it kind of, um, have you guys been to the sound baths in uh, sort of uh, by Joshua Tree, kind of where you've landed that dome? No. Healing. I don't know if you guys know. What no, I'm I know what you're talking about, though. I've seen. Yeah. This. So we th we think there was an advanced sort of knowledge of this. Um, hold on. All right. This advanced knowledge of sort of cymatics. Do you guys know what cymatics is? No. no. Okay. So when you when you play sound frequency onto like water or dirt, yeah, you get these specific. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone just sent me this actually. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. And we think these, these cathedral windows were cymatic representations of specific frequencies that these buildings would generate. Oh, fascinating. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you're talking about where if, if, you, uh, if you impress that frequency on like a, a, like a vat of water or something, and it, yes. it, it kind of pops up in the, in the shape of... You'll get these sacred geometrical patterns yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that are represented all throughout history. And cymatics works two ways. You could sort of send a frequency on like something like dirt or water and record the signature or you could send frequency through a specific pattern and change the frequency to what you want and we think uh, they were masters of this and not just wow. with the church, not with the church windows up i don't know if they got into a uh, star fort and star cities when you guys um no okay no, um, dude. yeah this is crazy <laughs> all right so most of the ancient cities were in these sort of star city patterns 
And official history calls these Bastion forts. They said they were built by the Spanish, but they have no relation to where, the, where we think the Spanish were. These, were. these are all over the world. They're in Japan, uh, they're in uh, Singapore, they're in Eastern Europe. Um, I think this one is in Italy. Uh, I think this is Palma, Italy. And all the big cities back in the middle, early Middle Ages were located inside these huge, uh, these geometric structures, which all to us, very similarly, sim they're very similar to frequency. And I think what, what these were, that they were sort of focusing the frequency coming out of the earth or the, the energy oh, coming wow. out of the earth in a specific Wow. Way. The, conventional, the conventional explanation is that this shape makes them more defensible, right? More defensible, saying? yeah. It's, it's, it repels cannon, cannon, uh, cannonballs better and stuff. Uh -huh. Wow. But we, we think there is sort of a, a frequency uh, sort of representation. And it's weird wherever they are. This is, um, this is Turn, Italy, the central. Like you can see that, it, like who goes out this way to build a, build a fort for invaders, man? It's, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> it and, is uh, interesting. Then I look at down there and I see the, uh, like kind of what looks like the Pentagon. I'm like, I'm wondering that yeah. if that's why the Pentagon is built. Some like people that. believe the Pentagon was built on top of one of these structures, which are here in the U.S. as well. Um, so Barcelona was the same thing. It was in one of these uh, sort of star cities. Oh yeah, there it is. Damn. Um, this is Berlin, also in one of are, those. I, I mean, you see the city kind of expand from that. Uh, yeah, are yeah. the most important buildings and, yes, and people this, in, this, inside this, the star uh, part of it? Yeah, exactly. The, the, what, we, what are the main cathedrals, the government buildings? It's the center. And probably at one point, most of the city was inside the star and wow. spent it out over time. I wonder if this has ever been done with London. Is London or the city of I London? I wonder no, what that... London. This is Geneva, Switzerland. Wow. You got... Uh, this is in Romania. Romania. Pretty, pretty intricate. Um, this is Czech Republic. Uh, and this is even Argentina. Buenos Aires, Argentina back in oh, the day. Wow. This is so. This is a real seafaring civilization, right? That must have been a huge yeah, part yeah. of the culture is, is sea travel. Exactly, and um, and part of it goes into the U.S. as far as uh, expansion. The U.S. sort of has uh, has to do with the fact that this this Tartaria Empire controlled the Pacific up until its fall in the uh, in the sort of late 1700s, early 1800s. Wow. But um, we're going to show you some some sort of proof from this. Map. We got a map here that this map is the it's called the Framor map. It's from 1450. And uh, when it was made by a uh, cartographer in, in Italy for the king of Portugal, right? And think, think of what Europe was like in the, what, what you've been told about Europe in the, in the, what it was like in the Middle Ages, right? It was the, this was just before the Renaissance, you had Rome, you had Greece, you had all this history in Europe. But if you look, you dive into this map. It's upside down too. Oh, uh, it's upside, yeah, the map's upside down. You guys see where everything is? It's kind of upside yeah. down. So. Where am I? You're in Africa. <laughs> All right, so Europe, you know, you got little, you got little buildings, little cathedrals, right? You got something yeah. big here in England, but just little. And look, and we're gonna go to Rome, the Roman Empire. Where, where, where's the Colosseum? Where's the uh, Parthenon? Where's the Parthenon? Where's the Forum? Nothing, right? But then we we start going, we start going east. We start going into the tar, the Tartaria. And this Heartland. map is from when? 1450. 1450. 1450 and what you're saying is for such a giant uh quote-unquote empire there are none of their in this in this map of historical 
buildings, they have none of their historical buildings. A map made by an Italian, no less. This was an Italian map. Someone who would be motivated to exaggerate. To the exaggerate the greatness of, of, the, of, of Italy and Rome. But everything, this is all, this is all Russia, man. This whole, all these kingdoms right here. Wow. And look how crazy it is compared to, to Europe. What the hell is that thing in the middle? Kind of in the middle there. That's crazy. What thing? Uh, it looked like almost like an outdoor structure, like a gazebo or something, but it was uh, massive on the map. Tons of crazy stuff. And look at, look at Africa, too. Africa is all, all okay. castled up, too. Now, now, is Russia a big part of Tataria? And, and, and is it, it, was there any, like, central headquarters for these people? Yeah, Scott, you want to? Yeah, well, the first, uh, you have to think of it as, like, when you think of Rome as we know it, um, you think of Italy, right? But the first Rome was really in Alexandria. That's like in, in Egypt, the first Rome. There's been like four or five different Romes, different locations where it's called Rome. But the capital of Tartaria would be what's called near, it's moved a couple times, but it's closer to Moscow. It's like central Russia, right? And, and all the names have changed over the years. So it was called Vladimir was the capital at one point of Tartaria. Uh, the hub and and then you and then the capital would move throughout traditional history we call that area muscovy right wouldn't that muscovite, be that yeah, yeah, yeah. muscovy or muscovite tar tartary um you know and there's a lot of people who criticize the scientists and they thought well he's just a propagandist he's just trying to bolster his you know heritage and trying to make russia seem like this you know uh, overblown thing but I don't think someone would spend 20 years of their life and write seven volumes and go through kind of work that he did to just completely fabricate this whole story. I mean, it's just, it's just not, to me, it's, it's not plausible, but. There is rate, something going on between Russia and Western civilization that doesn't exist with China. Because for some reason, the International Banking Organization has no problems with working with China. But for some reason, they refuse to work with Russia. And I've had different discussions with people, and they think that's because, you know, Russia, the way they want to operate, and they don't, they don't want to play. But, but there's something about Russia that the, the powers that be of the Western banking cartels do not want to work with and this could easily be a part of it if we live in i believe we live in a jesuit world and they control everything and it sounds like they even control what is our reality they, they want what we believe is our history and if you control history you control literally everything um i could see that russia could be the center of tataria and then you're like well why doesn't putin and all them talk about that well they could be Jesuit as well. I mean, you could have Jesuits inside of Russia playing a game of uh, uh, international cat mouse, but they, at the end of the day, they all play ball. They, you know, if you look at the Rothschild uh, 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 family crest and the Russian crest, it's very similar. So it's just an interesting thing. There's something going on with Russia that does not allow the Western civilized banking cartels uh, to work with. There's something. And it could be Tataria. It could be the center of power, and they don't want anyone to know that all this history is a complete and utter lie. 
Yeah, which is very awesome. interesting. I know that answer's out there, and I don't know if today's will be answered, but it is yeah. definitely 100% out there. Um, it's very interesting. Okay, so we already got through the uh, actual historic resources and vast tract of land. So, We've real discussed quick, that. how centralized was their government? Was it, I mean, was it, was it, do you have any, any sense of what the structure of the government was, the world government? Um, depends on kind of when, when you're talking about, it uh. wasn't, um, there's, so what we know, there's a lot of religious freedom and stuff, but all these sort of kingdoms around the world did pay tributes. And we, uh, for the show, we actually interviewed a currency expert who tracked the different currencies around and oh, wow. the coinage, you could follow that they had, that all the coinage kind of went into to Russia and stuff. It was sort of like a trading empire where they would, See? They, would, they would collect taxes and tribute from, from the different areas that they were in. I just totally see that this would totally makes sense. I mean, it starts coming together a little bit. It's so interesting. Um, so we got through the uh, historical, um, to the, the Tartarian culture, and you want to talk about that, advanced, sure. advanced technology and astronomical electric power and sound healing? <laughs> we, kind of, we, we, we kind of went through that stuff already. Okay, all right. Uh, sorry, I'm just kind of shocked by this whole thing. It's but, kind of, you know, it's so interesting. Sam, I just want to show you a few things. A lot of people say that Tartaria was not an empire. If you, if you, I think if you go to the Wikipedia page, pages, it's a vast tract of land of Turkic Mongol people. And it wasn't an empire, but for sure it was an empire. Um, you have all these atlases from the 1700s. So when, when I think when Peter the Great took over, and Peter the Great was sort of a, uh, a European royal, and that's was, they were the kind of the first czars of Russia, and they sort of Peter the Great moved the capital away from Moscow to St. Petersburg, which was sort of uh, Moscow was sort of like a disputed, very tar Tartar loyal, and he moved everything. Uh, Closer to um, closer to be with Europe in, in trading distance because he was basically a European. He he grew up uh, in the British Navy pretty much. Um, so when you think of the Romanovs, they're they're, they're the same royal lines of uh, France and and England and, and Germany and everything. And but but what the, when they conquered Russia, they they kind of told everybody that in Russia that they had the whole country that there was no Tartaria. But all, all the people outside of Russia kind of knew about the empire and they wrote about it in the atlases and you can see like a this is an atlas from the 1700s um you have all wow. the flags from the different places you have the uh tartary has two flags it has a flag for the nation and it has a, a, a imperial flag and this is the 1700s the Mo when people think they equate the tartars with the mongols the mongols were done in 1450 according to official history that empire collapsed so you would not be having flags of tartary in the 1700s and it's all over the place, man. Uh, it's kind of small here, but uh, you have the yeah. griffin, which is the the, the royal imperial symbol of the Tartar emperors. Then you have the owl, which is the uh, sort of the, the, the nation of Tartaria. Um, yeah, uh, look, if you look at the top, you got Japan, China, Tartary, other China. So it, it was there. It was, it was up until the early 1800s. It was it was looked at as, a, as another country. And even the... Um, even I think it's the 1771 edition of Encyclopedia Britannica uh, says Tartaria is the biggest country on earth by land. And it, how, it, how big was it? Like, was it like all of Russia? Was it a big chunk of China? Wow. But also, I guess, I guess that, that, that answer depends on, right? What, depends I mean, on when. Well, also, what, 
I mean, is it an empire where these are more like colonies? Is it the colonial system? Yes. or, or yes. So some of these wouldn't necessarily technically be part of the, the country proper, right? Yeah, yeah. country proper is going to be sort of um, like central Russia, central western uh -huh. Russia. And also, also China was a big part of this. Until, and the United States was part of Tataria. Yeah, yeah. It was a colonized from the... Wow. Uh, but yeah. it's like an outpost, a colony. Yeah, it was an outpost, but there were still pretty, pretty sizable uh, cities in the U.S. And uh, San Francisco, wow. huge Tartarian city. Uh, if you look at the earliest photographs of San Francisco. And uh, everybody knows that San Francisco was destroyed in an earthquake um, in 1906. But what they don't know is that there was a giant fire in the city in 1850 uh, that destroyed a lot of stuff. But if you look at the, the earliest uh, photographs of San Francisco, um, hold on. Give you guys a whole architectural rundown on this, just so you kind of see where Tartaria is. And, and fans, it's fans unbelievable fans. that it could just be wiped off. Have you seen uh, you seen the the melting oh, wow. bricks? Melting bricks? Yeah. Uh, where where at? I don't know. He brought it up last time. He'd show us like uh, buildings well, that were part of there, and they were melted or exploded. Well, you guys aren't saying that there was some global calamity, right? That ended. Uh, we, we are, but we, oh, you are. It, might be, it might be different. Uh, there, there was an event in the early 1800s, um, a global com uh, calamity that we could go into that, um, wow. that, that pretty much facilitated Tartaria being covered up. Um, I don't know if they talk about the mud flood and all the, all the whole thing, all the buildings that were buried. Um, yeah, we've gotten into that. I mean, yeah, what's your whole theory on the mud floods? Yeah, well, let's go into that now. Um, we could do a whole episode of mud floods. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, what happened uh, with how Tartaria fell was uh, there was a <coughs> there was a uh, it's called Pukachev's Rebellion in history, and it, it and uh, the Romanovs sort of recorded as this sort of peasant rebellion, but it was really this sort of military takedown of Tartaria, um, and it happened in the late 1700s, and it sort of pushed Tartaria. It, it allowed the uh, Romanov armies to sort of move uh, west or move east across Siberia and, and get rid of and get rid of Tartaria. But in the early 1800s, um, there was an event, and we, it was called. Uh, we think that it was precipitated by a comet. There's a thing called the Napoleon's Comet in 1811, and this was written about in War and Peace. Uh, but there's a lot of authors at the time wrote about this great comet that passed over pretty much over North America during this time. And it caused famines. And, you know, official history says it never hit, but a lot of people think that it did hit and it created a lot of hardship during this time. Um, there's also a huge uh, volcanoes going off, a huge spike in volcanic activity. Um, and you have the Mount Tambora volcano in 1815. And I don't know if you guys heard the year without a summer. It um, it caused so much destruction, only in the Northern Hemisphere, not in the Southern Hemisphere where it went off. But uh, in, in the year 1816, there was massive famine, massive crop failure because they didn't have a summer that year. It was all, everything was crowded, uh, gray and covered up. The crops have been- Wow. been a lot written about this. Uh, yeah, year without the summer. But there was also something in the US called the New Madrid quake. Uh, that's kind of what this uh, article talks about, that there was a giant, like eight point, earthquake in the Mississippi Valley in 1812 that caused the Mississippi River to run backwards. There's a whole story about this, like a uh, ferry boat that was on the river while it was running backwards. 
And uh, the president at the time, I think it was John Adams, said he, uh, he felt it in the White House. And this earthquake rang, rang church bells in Boston. Wow. So, and also, uh, coincidentally at this time, is you have a bunch of military invasions all around the world at this, at this exact same time. You have something called the War of 1812, where the, uh, the British came back into America and started causing problems. Uh, you had tons of uh, Spanish... Napoleonic yeah, you have the Napoleon in Russia, which is a whole separate ish, part of this Tartaria story where Napoleon was involved in help covering it up. Uh, he was in Moscow in 1812 at this time, coincidentally, and the Spanish were crushing rebellions in all throughout South America, right? in this 1812, 18, between 1812, 1812. So around the 1812, it's just chaos around chaos, the world. Right? Oh, yeah. Just what better, chaos, right? What better way to erase, to, to kind of put the nail, the final nail in, in an empire's coffin under the cover of calamity and, you know, real climate change that's happening because of volcanoes and earthquakes oh my, and all that. So, it, like, the, it, it, it provides a perfect cover to actually, like, you know, essentially erase it, erase this empire from history once and for all. Yeah. So if you, so where does, where does this fit into everything? Like we've, we've learned that this might be assimilation where we live. It's a very special place. You have people talking about the firmament and all that stuff. Where, what does this play into that? Well, it's my personal feelings. I think we're in a multidimensional reality. You say this is a simulation, Sam. I think this is a fractal and we're looking at a, a slice of the fractal kind of thing. It goes higher and lower forever. So you talk about other multiple people. dimensions, you believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's sort of a component of people to sort of accessing these higher planes. I, I, I personally, I mean, I feel like the, in essence, what we're looking at is kind of like as humanity, the, the reason Tartaria and this idea of advanced technology and a peaceful civilization has been withheld from us is that it's, it's, like imagine, we, we keep thinking we're progressing with technology and we keep going further and the more devices we have, the more advanced we are. But what if, there, what if we've already been advanced? What if we already knew how to pull electricity out of the air? What if we knew how to create these healing centers of churches that were tuning to your, the frequencies where you'd walk in and the organ would play a tone and it would actually start healing you frequency-wise from the inside out? What if this stuff already existed and what happened is, you know, people got this information and this knowledge and they put it on the shelf or they covered it up or they, I call it like historically squatting. Like they squatted on the history of some advanced way that we are living and they've used it ever since to control. This, this is, that was, this was going to be my question related to that. What, I, I feel like there's something, uh, just a piece missing here. Johnny, we can't hear Not you. Oh, now we can't. Nope. Nope, can't, can't, still can't hear you, Johnny. You had a, you know, technology's cock blocking, bro. <laughs> what would be the motivation for those civilizations to, uh, to as you said, squad or to, to blot out the history? Yeah, of what, why, why? I feel like there's a piece missing there. Like, like, what, like what is the purpose of, um, of the, why would the Roman Catholic Church want to do this? To lose technology. I mean, is it, is it some kind of fear of a, another global reign that they just don't want that again and they feel like this technology is too dangerous uh, because it empowers, you know, the person who knows those secrets to, to rule the world? Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it comes down to the question of why did Tesla die with a pigeon as his best friend? <laughs> yeah, why did Westinghouse tear down his Tesla tower? You know, I think, I think there's, there's nefarious, dark forces that they don't want to see humanity come together. 
in a way that would limit their these people's control over that humanity. You know, they'd rather hide it behind secret societies, secret. Well, knowledge. I mean, if we're in the de- demons, we're in the multiple dimensions. This could be low realm demons trying to control this realm by destroying the people who were running it. And we're just in a, a time where like these demons have had, I mean, uh, a lot of control. I mean, like where, where do Anunnaki fall into this whole thing? Where do the Sumerian, Sumerian texts fall into all this stuff? Is that just uh, misinformation put out by the, the Roman Catholic church? No, I, I, I happen to personally, it's not part of this presentation, but I happen to believe this, there's an alien multidimensional contingent here that's sort of just under the surface. Do you think so they I, were do you think they were advanced enough to leave planet Earth or this realm? Tataria? Yeah. I, we haven't seen anything solid. We're just kind of we're trying to like piece together the historic text and the, the sort of visual evidence, but it's possible. Okay, so have, now let's let's start. So it's like Anunnaki still are in play. Sumerian texts are still in play. It's like what if the 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 the, the, the Tatarians were kind of running this place peacefully? These low level demons come and they they take take over for a little while. But they don't want anyone to know that there was a peaceful way of existing. They don't want everybody to know that, you know, all religions can uh, coexist. I, that's what I believe is going on. I, I think this presentation fits exactly that. And, um, you know, the, the introduction of all of these um, new holy books that each have this kind you know you tell me that the old testament is actually new testament and flip and how they flipped all that like that stuff just adds into what i've been saying forever which is that the these this group of people want chaos yeah they don't want us coming together and we all fight over this dumb stuff is actually playing into their their uh their their game plan i don't know how to change it i'm gonna be honest with you i i have no clue at this point how you can uh untangle this kind of thing that they've done with the you know but i don't know maybe it's not our job to do that maybe we're just all gods in a realm learning the 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 laws of uh, learning the secrets of the universe and our job isn't to untangle it but not to maybe get entangled into all the chaos i I don't know man but i wouldn't doubt it it just it seems listen man this is a lot to digest and i'm open-minded to it all because why not i the more chaos the better i say um it's the question is just like man how does 400 years ago everything get i mean how does it all get covered up? That's it. But it's like, this is, I tell like Brian Callen on my other show, it's just like, this is a long game. This isn't like, oh, done over a week. This is like slowly you centuries. start. Repl- it's done over centuries. Like, okay, we take your cup. Now it's with our cup. Now that's our cup there. Now it's always that cup. And then you just start replacing every little thing over time with your own thing and your own story. You you, you basically control all the mechanisms in which the information gets out. So only information you want gets out. Yeah. Do you think Interesting, they had dude. With, uh, do you think they had anything to do with the U.S. government? I mean, the Constitution was, was in 1789. Yeah. Um, think- it's, it's funny. Uh, this is Fomenko's reconstruction. But uh, he so, – so think of the colonization, colonization of America, right? We were pretty much up on the eastern seaboard for 300 years before we even decided to uh, – to move west, right? And he corresponds the, the westward movement 
to actually being able to go to these lands. According to Fomenko, we didn't, we couldn't go into the West because it was part of this empire. And when with Napoleon and the, the sort of cataclysm in the early, the, the empire was cut off from its core in, in Russia. And then it was then in the early 1800s, the, the first half of the 1800s, that we were then able to go into these frontiers and sort of take over these lands. That which, is so interesting, man. That is so interesting, dude. So were the what we know is the natives were they associated with Tartaria, like yeah, the Native yeah. Americans? They were sort of, you know, had their culture and stuff. But there's there's Christian symbology. There's this sort of Eastern Slavic uh, connection, and even the Mormons were kind of uh, kind of on to something when they were talking about the lost Holy Kingdom in the uh, in the U.S. We think uh, we think actually Utah was actually a, a giant Tartaria hub that they sort of kind of repurposed and took for themselves so interesting dude and guess what why not i'm in why not the deeper you look the more the more sense it makes dude that's so interesting guys thank you this has been great the newly yeah man that sounds so interesting and then okay where do you think the freemasons have to do with this Uh, is that all jesuit as well jesuit yeah they connected the jesuits and i think they I, i personally think they were involved in covering up the buildings in the u.s like, what are the Freemasons? They're, they're builders. And I think a lot of buildings that are attributed to them were actually there and sort of just remodeled and repurposed. No, they're like our stuff. Well, that's what they say about, like, the Mayans with, the, with all the, uh, with all the uh, pyramids that they just... It could be a, a way of encoding this lost knowledge, right? The, the, the Freemason sort of secrecy. Yeah, and, you know, the Albert Pike wrote about how, like, a lot of the, the Masonic knowledge was taken from before the flood and stuff, and that they were the custodians of this knowledge. So... Yeah, they're That's all fascinating. Well, even even a guy like J.R. Tolkien, uh, there's there's a theory that he had access to some Tartarian information, and that's how he created yeah. that that idea of all these worlds and yeah. coexisting, right? Yeah. But you think a lot of this stuff is buried under the Roman Catholic Church? A lot of this knowledge? I, I tend to, it could be. I tend to think a lot of what's in that Vatican Library are just medieval forgeries that sort of suited their purpose. I think a lot of this was just destroyed and burned. You know, these these people burned everything they could that would that wouldn't go with along with what they wanted. unbelievable man unbelievable dude when you remember when you were seeing like the islamic terrorists like blowing up ancient like statues when doubted that was covering it up it's just how about here in the u.s with the statue they were doing it here they want to do it here yeah they want to do it here but i mean like we're talking ancient it's so interesting all right guys notre dame right this has been great James and Scott, where, so what's, what's, what's the next step for the Phantom Age? We're looking for, uh, for we've, we've been to the production company route. We've been to a few networks. Um, if, you, if somebody's listening and works at a network, hit us up, man. Hexa, hexa360.com, that's my uh, VR page, but uh, get, get in touch with us. I can't believe nobody would want to hear about this. They, they do. They, they're interested, but they, after a while... There's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, at some point you're like, everything I believe in doesn't make is 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 a lie. That's, it's that's interesting. The point. That's the fun of it, though, for us. Man, it's so interesting, dude. Guys, you guys came. You guys, is there uh, is there any kind of social media you guys want them to check out? No, not really. If they uh, want to get in contact, uh, hexa360.com. All right, just send me anything you want me to put into right, the um into the description i will add it so they get guys this is your another deep dive on tataria um very interesting dude very i I, i've always there's just something up with russia that the rest 
uh, uh, the, just the Western banking cabal wants nothing to do with, and I, and I wouldn't doubt if it's Tataria. You know, I always thought about Kazakhstan, uh, Kazarians and all that stuff, and their wars with Russia, which could easily be the war with Tataria. I mean – I mean, I'm I'm connecting dots here, but I wouldn't doubt if you did a deep dive on that, you would find there's something there. Man, very interesting, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you so much. And, uh, ma'am, maybe we'll have you back for some mud flood talk. talk giants and mud flood. Giants and mud flood, man. Hey, dude, let's set it up. I'll talk giants and mud flood all day. <laughs> all right, guys, all thank right. you all so right. much. You guys are great. Hey, Johnny, uh, XG, thank you guys so much. It's been a great episode, and, uh, you know, we just keep banging out the hitters, dog. I appreciate everybody, and we'll do it again soon. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's- you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.